1: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for November third, twenty twenty. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling feed or on the Open the Voice Gate dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you would like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to redcircle.com. Click the red button to donate or sponsor the show. You can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. And it's not required, but certainly appreciated. And I'd like to thank all of our previous donors for their support i'm one of your hosts it's your old pal iron mike spears join alongside case slow as always in case gate of destiny happened less than 24 hours and if we weren't already anticipating this crazy month they found the perfect way to kick things completely off the rails into overdrive it's a it's a train that's going full speed to kobe world and a lot of surprises here and a lot of really interesting things at least like off the top that I kind of came away from the show thinking uh how, one how's it going and two what were your like your initial takeaways from Give Destiny
2: Really good show not a great show I think in-ring quality was stronger I would I would almost say much stronger on Dangerous Gate from September than on this show I watched this show live though And I was entertained from start to finish. There were no down points on this card. It was incredibly consistent. I think it peaked with the open, the Twin Gate match. Not the Open the Brave Gate match, which I seem to, I I must hate it with my star rating, given the other snowflakes I've seen being thrown out there today. Snowflakes as in star ratings, not as personality traits. I want to make that clear. But anyways, uh, Gate of Destiny, very fun show, very good show, and the perfect table setter as we go into what we've been calling the busiest month in Dragon Gate history. I think it is... Uh, arguably the most important month in Dragon history, and I did not realize it was as busy as it was until just before we started recording. Realizing we not only have a Cork and a Hall show that we'll do audio on at some point, not really sure when that will be covered, and also a Kyoto KBS Hall show this weekend.
1: Yeah, so we had this today, the fifth. So the data is going to be hitting your feeds. There will be a corkin hall and then there'll be kyoto this weekend my mindset and not to produce on air probably review those and then do our kobe world preview as kobe world so next week after that case <laughs> this is nuts this is an insane time we live in in dragon gate and you know luckily after we get through a uh, uh, kobe world case we do pretty much get like two weeks off of major shows
2: yeah maybe if corkin is noteworthy enough maybe we'll do something fun for that i don't know i don't know yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll figure this out here. But tonight we're here to talk about the Gate of Destiny 2020 from Edeon Arena Osaka. And yeah, uh, what you're saying, there were matches, the big matches on the show at uh, in Tokyo Idaho City Hall for or City Gymnasium for a Dangerous Gate. They did feel a little bit like in ring. There was more to kind of sink my teeth into. This one, in a lot of ways, kind of felt like Memorial Gate in a way. In that it is a table setting show for a bigger show, which I mean makes sense given the schedule. But it's one of those things you kind of get away from. You go like, man, I kind of was hoping for a little bit more here, but it makes sense. You know, all this like made sense for it. So, you know, I, I just walk away with this, and they've done nothing to like th- dissuade my enthusiasm. And it's not like they've made a bad mess up. It's just like the biggest show of the year is in two weeks, and we moved it here, so. We have our priorities here. Nothing here was outright bad. It just was, this was a table setting show.
2: And I think had the show ended after the main event finished, and I think we should start with the main event and work our way down the card. Had the show ended with Ada low-blowing KZ, rolling him up, and then the RED photo op celebration, Mm -hmm. I would have been really bummed. I would have been much more down on this show because it just would have left a really sour taste in my mouth for a show that was good but maybe didn't, entirely meet our expectations, but with the return of Shun Skywalker at the end of this show, which is the most noteworthy and newsworthy thing to come out of this, Shun Skywalker returning to Drangate for the first time in nearly a year. He spent the first uh, half of his 2020 in Mexico, obviously an interesting time to be in Mexico or anywhere in the world right now, so his excursion did not go as one... Might have initially planned. There were some rumblings of him being at MLW at one point. That obviously didn't happen. But Shun Skywalker is back, and Ata versus Shun Skywalker for the Open the Dreamgate Championship is set for Kobe World. And not only the Skywalker return itself, which was very exciting, but the way it was done—the execution of that angle <laughs> was a thrilling way to conclude what was, I'll say, a disappointing Dreamgate match. I don't know how you felt about any of this show. I thought the Dreamgate match was good, but not on the level that I was expecting or, you know, hoping for, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the easy thing first, uh, the Vaporwave King is back. He's back. He is looking swole. Uh, It is something that the way that they had him come in, so, like, there was the big pull apart after the uh, Dreamgate match, and then the lights all go out, and then just lights over the entranceway come up, and it's shooting Skywalker, and the crowd starts to react, and then lights go, and then he goes in the ring, the lights go out again, and straight up, it is shooting Skywalker. And the crowd, loudest response I've heard in Japan since uh, COVID and the restrictions. The, I, I think it's fair to say that on the scale of everything, the crowd lost their shit when shooting Skywalker came in there and completely just ran through all of RAD and then said on the microphone, It's not that I'm the next challenger, I'm the next champion. And just walked out as everyone was kind of in shock. Uh, Dragon Gate, the Dragon Gate generation was kind of like pulling up KZ and everyone licking their wounds, and it was a really cool image of Kisekia akuda like looking and kind of just going like, "I'm not messing with this right now." As we now have our main event for Kobe World uh, Pro Wrestling Festival, it just was well done. It was exciting and just if like the expectations going with this, I feel like that everything that happened in this main event and in this. Uh, and this post-match angle really kind of put Ada's title reign in focus with me right now. Because this title reign is not setting Ada up for the next level, in my opinion. It's what's going to happen in two weeks. Am I off-base in saying that?
2: Mike, Ata has become the definition of a transitional champion. This reign has done nothing for Ata. I mean, there's no... He, he got his moment in a match of the year contender, and that is awesome. It took him 93 days for him to defend his title for the first time. There are five or six Open the Dreamgate reigns that didn't last as long as his, and those, for the most part, had defenses. This is a lame duck reign that will ultimately mean more to whoever beats him rather than what it did for ATA. And I think, honestly, I think it says all we need to know about ATA. He's an upper mid card guy, he's never. 1A. He's on his best day, 1B, and he's in the ring with a 1A. A, Naruki Doi. A, Yamato. A, KZ. A, Shun Skywalker. He's 1B, if not 2A. He's an upper mid carter who should probably be challenging for the Open the Brave Gate title in Kaito Ishida should probably be challenging for the Open the Dreamgate title. And I think in the future, that is the direction that we're headed. Now, maybe Eita doesn't exactly challenge for the Bravegate belt because he feels he's above that. That's fine. But Eita's not a top-of-the-line guy. I don't know. I don't know how anyone watching over the past three months could think that he is. This is a guy who's routinely semi-main-eventing. These Fukuoka and Kobe Sambo Hall shows, he's not even headlining the TV tour stops. He's not the primary focus of the company. It is Yamato versus Kai, or whatever other program takes present on those shows. He's been an afterthought, and it's frustrating in a sense, because his title win was so well done. And that match will forever be the peak of his career. It'll be that match, and the Jushin Thunder Liger Super J-Cup match. When I think of Ada, that is what I'm going to think of. But the 93 days that have followed, a colossal disappointment. And it's not entirely on Ata. Most of Eita's career failures, I think, are his fault. I think he's lazy. I don't always think he tries hard. I don't always think he executes well. This reign, though, it let us know everything we need to know about the way Drangate thinks of Ata.
1: Yeah, and it's not just that, like, because, like, you do have to, like, put forth, like, that he got Yamato'd in a way like that did happen and we can't say that like it was like fully set for him to succeed but now when you like see how things are and how they like to book Kobe world yeah uh I don't want to call him like a traditional champion or belt pillow but it's starting to kind of feel like it and it allows someone to like have tension pulled for when someone else bigger comes back and boy that's what it that's kind of how I kind of felt like this and and it's something that like it kind of takes me back to to uh, the end of 2018 and into 2019 with pack in a way where red kind of existed it had a lot of like nice pieces there. Like we had the, uh, we, we had the Big E tag team. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we had, we were discovering that Kazuma Sakamoto actually is a good wrestler, but it was always kind of missing something. But then when you had a top line player come in like pack, then Ada's was fine. Cause he's a mic worker and he's not the primary focus. But now you have someone who is a top line guy coming in. And you're just like, oh wow, okay, this is a capital G, capital U, capital Y guy here, whereas he's just another guy.
2: You know, I think in a sense Eita did get Yamatoed in the sense that much like after Yamato won the belt at Kobe World 2016, it was overshadowed by Akira Tozawa leaving the promotion, and so he also went months oh, without. Okay,
1: so before that. Before that, it was a Summer Adventure Tag that's League, That's right, too. that's
2: right. And that was that was a strange, I think that was the last Summer Adventure Tag League they did. That was a strange tournament that, at the time, I thought of it as a vehicle to get, at the time, Fuda Nakamura, now Ben K over, and then Ben K got hurt in his first match. So it was a really strange tournament. <laughs> but it, let's say we had a normal year this year. We're going to have the Dead or Alive Cage match in May, where I think the stipulations, for the most part, are the same. And I think we get the same result. At Kobe World, and that also means Ata wins King of Gate. So at Kobe World, we get Ada versus Doi. I think Ada's going to win that. And then I think at Dangerous Gate, in a normal year, we would have gotten this match with a similar result of Shun Skywalker returning and challenging Ada for the belt at Gate of Destiny. Now, whether Shun returns there at Dangerous Gate or at the October Quark and, you know, that's all up for debate... But I think I think the plan has been altered, but still executed to its original idea, just in a different timeline. So, yes, he got Yamato'd, but still, he hasn't exactly delivered the way that I think he needs to, because also, because he hasn't been put in the position to deliver, because he's always fighting, you know, match five on a six-match show.
1: Yeah, 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 and... It's one of those things that also, like, he's such, like, a weird bridge guy. Like, when we talk about, like, Generations case, because he's part of the Millennials generation, and he's the last real member of the Millennials generation around in a way that is a consequence, so, like, it makes sense in a way that he would be used like this, and, you know, uh, hate to say this for the KZ fans out there, KZ probably, when he gets his, like, big thing, if he gets a run, and I think he still probably has a chance to, probably gonna look a lot like this, where it's gonna be a transition thing. Because, like, you look, at, you, you look at, like, his era and leading into how the promotion changed. Like, you had T-Hawk's gone, Linda Mann's gone, Yosuke San Maria, not going to ever be in that role. UT, not going to ever be in that role. And then Shimizu, who knows with Shimizu? Shimizu, we could just take out the deck here. He's the bridge. And we, and I think that's very clear now.
2: I will agree with you that KZ when he becomes Dreamgate Champion, because I really do think it's when, not if, will be uh, not a transitional champion on the way that on the level that Ata has been, but I do think his reign will ultimately serve better for somebody else. Mike, I'm going to shoot big here, and perhaps at this point we can transition to the Open the Triangle Gate match unless you have more things to say. But I will reference this point with the Cork and Hall show that is coming up on November 5th, where the main event is Yamato, Coach Minora, Dragon Daya, and KZ versus Atakai Kai, D. Inferno and Kento Kabune. Could we be looking at a future, Mike, where KZ is dropping the Open the Dreamgate title to Kento Kabune? Because I will say, and I know I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but Yamato has Kai, KZ has Eta, Uh Coach Minora is, I, I guess, in there at some point, maybe with uh, with, with a Kento Kabune. And, uh, I, well, I guess that doesn't work. All I'm saying is, look... I think Kenta Kabuna is winning that match, and I think he's pinning KZ, and I think we could see the start of some sort of, of long-term rivalry there. That was a clumsy way of making that point, but it's the point that I'm sticking to.
1: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, like, uh, I can see that happening, and you, like, look at, like, how this, th- th- this match is set up, and you look at, like, how we don't have June Skywalker on that show, and it's very stark now that... They're keeping, it seems like they're keeping Shun Skywalker, that his returns might be him winning the Dreamgate, Gate. Like, because there's not very many shows between now and Kobe World, as we talked about before, because they have that, they have Kyoto, they have a show in Fukui, and that's it. That's it for Kobe World. So it's really like a weird thing that makes me wonder, and it makes you wonder also, like, are we going to start seeing us transition out of the generational war with Kabune getting the pin there? Or if it's something where Minora gets a pin there, or something with Die and Inferno. It makes you wonder. I think that, that there's a lot of things to go there. Uh, last notes on the match. Uh, and I threatened this ahead of time. I think one of the reasons why this match feels a little weird is... Uh, Casey's kind of... An, in the theory of how the Bravegate division has formulated... And like, the overall style change with Younger wrestlers... He's kind of been the person that did it first. That he very much works like this very fast... Quick, hard-hitting, heavy emotion very much, like, based on, like, strikes and action. This was kind of, like, a slower version of, like, that match, like, of a match that happened much earlier on the show, and I kind of saw that happening here, and I think that it was, like, a match that for, like, the result and what happened here did not necessarily work in this main event. I still thought it was a pretty solid main event. I still went three and three quarters, but it's not what you want out of a freedom... You don't want your Freedom Gate. Uh, You don't want your Dream Gate title match to be a three and three quarters match, especially at Gate of Destiny. This is probably, like, one of the... Because of how everything was, this is undeniably one of the lower end Gated Destiny main events.
2: I'm glad you said that because I referenced this in my review. You know, KZ is kind of in the flag bearer for something we've talked about on the show quite a bit: this shifting Dreamgate house style. And I just expected he and Ata to kind of flip the script and do their own version of a Dreamgate match, but they kind of just went back to the playbook and did the Shima. Yoshino Doi era style Dreamgate match just with their own moves plugged in, and I didn't think it was as effective as it could have been.
1: No, I I, I agree with you there. I, I, I agree with that. It. it is something that's very. It, it, it did not suit the styles, and it, that's maybe why I went on the limb and said this was a slower version of that one. Really, it was a slow Dreamgate match. Like, this is like the classic Dreamgate match. It just did not work here. And. Oh, one last thing about this before we get into Triangle Gate match and talking about Kento Uh they knocked it out of the park with the with the VTR before the match, with KZ talking about like KZ's career and like that. made it feel like so much more of a bigger deal than his previous uh, Mister February matches.
2: Yeah, the the video package was tremendous. I thought the English commentary, I guess I can speak to the English commentary as a whole here, because once again, they did their best work in the main event, constantly referencing how Casey was inspired by Akira Tozawa, who started his career as a comedy wrestler, and then, you know, changed course drastically. Uh, Casey had essentially Akira Tozawa tribute gear on in this match, and the video package beforehand, mixed with the English commentary, uh, really painted a beautiful portrait of KZ's career who I, someone who I've just, I've just grown to appreciate. I just really like KZ. I like his story. I like the fact that in 2015, it was like, Oh cool. KZ is trying for a little bit. And he never looked back. Like he just kind of continued with that momentum. And now I'm talking about a guy who I'm saying not if, but when he wins the Dreamgate title, I never would have imagined that it's really been a, a, a really cool journey to follow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember like he's he's trying to pick, because also, it was a thing that there was a Christmas break, and he, of course, used to wear overalls, and he came back wearing no, with the overall straps down, and she said, oh, you actually got in good shape. Which was, like, one of the things, like, oh, yeah, no, he's trying, he's trying. And it was a remarkable voyage there. And, you know, I went three and three quarters. I think you went the same on this match as well, Kis. I feel like we're on the same page I went three and a half. Okay, so I was a little bit higher on you, but that also might be me working my Bizarre theory about the Bantam-style main event there. But then we get into the uh, the semi-main event uh, before the show when they were doing the traditional signing and awarding of the Dream Key for the main event. They also brought up the fact that Diamante, on a house show earlier in the week, I believe it was in Hime, yeah, it was in Hime, he had an arm injury and he was pulled, and that was on the 31st, I believe, that he got pulled from that. He, he, had, he suffered that injury, so he was pulled on the show from the 1st. So, in Dragon Gate, you can't sub people in. It officially vacated it, but then they said that the title match would be the same, but there would be an X in for the R.E.D. team. So, it would be the Team Boku team of Naruki Doi, Ryotsu Shimizu, and Punch Tomonaga going up against the two-thirds of the former champion team of Takashi Yoshida and Kazuma Sakamoto with the stipulation that if R.E.D. won, the Ryotsu Shimizu character would be discontinued. X was Kento Kabune who came in there and tapped out Ryotsu Shimizu with what's called the Sasuuregatame, the, which was the sharpshooter or the Scorpion Deathlock. In 12 minutes and 57 seconds, Kento Kabune was X. He is now less than a year into his career and opened the Triangle Gate Champion, and he's now an RED, and he claims a major prize as being the person who retires that shortly-lived Ryosu Shimizu character.
2: I was not expecting Kento Kobune to be under that hood. And when he was revealed, I I was so in on this. We've said since August something is happening with these rookies. We speculated one of them might be under the demon mask. That turned out not to be the case. But we were on the right path because we had been studying... Blood Warriors versus Junction 3 for our Dragonet USA Rewind and Rewatch series and sort of comparing some of the generational wars there. And T-Hawk is someone that got involved very, you know, I, I'm not going to say very early, but around this point of the Junction 3 versus Blood Warriors feud, T-Hawk became a member of Blood Warriors and we kind of knew eventually one of the rookies was going to jump ship, find a unit, and we expected it to be a heel turn. I was not expecting it to be Kabune. I thought he had built-in babyface charisma, but uh, I'm thrilled. I thought this match was just okay. I I mean, I went three and a half with it, same as the main event. It's one of those star rating things. This is a different three and a half star match than the main event, just different expectations going in. right? But Kabune here was terrific. You know what it is? I've compared him to Yamato since his debut. Do you get any real hazard Yamato vibes from this?
1: Funny enough, I was talking about Real Hazard Yamato today. Uh, I was talking with uh, Andrew Andrew Angry Two Sixteen about like how Yamato kind of like went from being a rookie. That do you remember what his proposed gimmick was going to be with Yamato? This is, this is a fun little nugget here. I uh, I
2: don't think I do.
1: His proposed gimmick was going to be second generation Conda.
2: Oh, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, I I did know that. Yeah, that, that's right, and then that thankfully did not happen.
1: That did not happen. He quickly kind of became the fighting battleship Yamato instead, and it is very kind of similar, like, because it was when he was in it as a rookie, Yamato wore, like, nondescript blue tights and was known as, like, the former Pancrase guy, and then he became the uh, real hazard Yamato, which was something completely different and kind of was the thing that spurred him on. The, this answered like a big question I had with of, of Kobune which was he was always like very solid but I always noticed like he wasn't necessarily like, the most outwardly charismatic person in the class of 2020 because Kame, I mean he is small and he has the endless fight for people to be, buy into Sora Fujikawa is a hunk and then Madoka Kakuta just has the hand of God so it's like what is going to be like, his thing here and kind of just kind of becoming like a little asshole And it works. And I don't want to say little asshole, because he actually is a lot taller than I thought he was. Did you notice that? That he was like maybe one or two inches shorter than Takashi Yoshida?
2: Yeah, he's he's a bigger guy. I don't know if this will make sense. I, I don't know if my wording will do justice to my overall point. You're exactly right. Kabune does not project or is not as outwardly charismatic, I should say, as his peers in the 2020 rookie class. The thing that I like about Kabune, it's why I've always been highest on him, and it's why I compare him to Yamato. I think Kabune projects big. I think Takedo Kamai is great. That is a a cork and Hall level act. Kabune is a Kobe Hall act. And I, I have just, I have seen that charisma in him since his debut. That's why I made the Yamato connection here. It's why I made the Yamato connection when he debuted. And it's, uh, it's just, I, I'm really into this. I, I think this is a great direction and it's a bummer because Diamante has turned into a really fun wrestler and, you know, he, he loses his spot yeah. here. I don't know how long he's going to be out of action, but all things considered, I think we're going to come out on the better end of this.
1: Yeah, and it's something that he had the tights made. He did pull uh, Hio's knee pads. So this was something that was going to happen. I just think it kind of maybe accelerated a little bit. I could have maybe seen something happen that with the rookies winning earlier on, originally the plan was going to be that was going to be, because I said, like, I think the rookies could probably be in that trial gate match a couple weeks ago at Kobe World, and that could have been, like, the propulsion here. But then they were like, okay, the reason we want to have them in there is because we're going to break Kento off pretty soon. Well, we celebrate that. He's now he's now broken off here. And it's real interesting. R.E.D. is in such a cool place that I don't know necessarily what you do with R.E.D. other than we are probably looking at four months from now R.E.D. won't exist. In some fashion, it'll be something else. Like, I do kind of feel like that because he's an interesting part because he's so much younger and now he's a champion. So he can't really be dropping falls now. And then you have other people in the unit who really shouldn't be dropping falls now. It's just like... How do you, like, have this other than having Kyo in every single match, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a a good point.
1: So, yeah, I went three and three quarters on this. I Mainly because of how much I was, like, taken aback by how well Kabune, like, fleshed out this team. Like, him and Kazma had, like, some really sick, like, double teams where, like, he would put someone up on his shoulders and a fireman's carry, and Kazma would run and, like, kick them, and he would do a fireman's carry slam out of that. That was like, all right, we're starting to put something together. I'm here for this.
2: Yeah, Kabune is going to fit in seamlessly. I mean, his offense was on point here. He was dealing with, you know, a, a lot of Tamanaga in this match. I felt like Doi kind of took the night off. It was it, it, Kabune versus Tamanaga and Shimizu for most of this match. Right. And he handled it like a pro. I mean, Kabune just comes across like a pro and he's been wrestling 11 months.
1: Yeah. And I think, did I point this out like a week ago, how Doi kind of like, kind of just, like, disappears in these matches and sometimes... And good for and good for him. Of,
2: I believe you did mention that, and good for Naruki-doi.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then, also coming out of this, uh, we, we never thought that Ryotsu Shimizu was going to have a long lifespan, and now, it was basically something for him to do until they got new gear made, and they figure out what they're going to do going to Kobe World.
2: So. I, I'm glad you said that real quick, I want to make a point. So, during the main event angle, after the match, the uh, R.E.D. is beating down KZ and the Dragon Gate Generation, and Shimizu comes out, and it I, I I think at some point Shimizu was ending up with the Dragon Gate Generation. So I thought maybe that's the angle they were going to do there, and then he got beaten down, and then Doi and Yoshino came out, and they got beaten down. I was like, oh, we're going to do what we talked about. Mike, we talked about this in May during the King of Gate Tournament. Maybe for Kobe World, they do R.E.D. versus Dragon Gate Generation versus Toriumon nine-man trios match, And then Shun Skywalker came out, so it ended up being irrelevant. But yes, you're right. I I thought Team Boku, uh, when Diamante was in this match, I thought they would win, lose the belt at Kobe World, and then Shimizu would voluntarily drop his character. But instead, we will find out what the artist formerly known as Ryotsu Shimizu has to say at Korokan Hall.
1: Oh, I'm not fully of the belief that Team Boku is a proto-unit. I think it's going to become a full-fledged thing. I think that because you had full new gear for Tomonaga. Tomonaga doesn't change gear a whole lot. Like, don't look at Naruki Doi. He, he goes through a gear changes like crazy. Like (laughs) me buying, like us buying new baseball hats to be quite fair. Ah, yes.
2: A reference point. I understand.
1: (laughs) I I was going to go towards like me and Traxxus. I was like, no, no, no. We have a commonality here in baseball hats, but I think that this is going to be a thing. I don't, it's not a thing I'm necessarily into, but I think team Boku is going to be a thing. And i guess we just kind of have to accept that and it does kind of feel like that this is a more important thing because we go look at cork and it's a full eight-man contention team boku in a match there so it's not like they're breaking off that i think that shimizu was going after Red for turning on him to be quite honest
2: yeah i guess i just assumed he would do that under the drain generation banner but unfortunately i think you're correct
1: and then uh, stepping down the card, we have the Open the Twin Gate Championships. So it was the Dragon Gate Generation team of Kota Nora and Jason Lee against the curious, as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, uh, Dragon Gate Generation team of Susumu Yokosuka and Ginky Horiguchi. Jason Lee won with the Hong Kong Tornado in 11 minutes and 58 seconds on Ginky Horiguchi, and... Boy, that Hong Kong tornado, I've I've seen a lot of people have issues with Cancun tornadoes as of late, and that one averted disaster.
2: I freaked out during the finish of this match, and UT did as well. If you go back and watch this match, I had the exact reaction UT did, where I thought Jason Lee's kneecap came down full force on the side of Genki Horiguchi's head. I I mean, I really, I'm not going to say I was shaken up by this, but watching live, I was like, oh, Horiguchi's out going to be out he's clearly concussed he's not going to be on the cork and hall show and then when i was compiling gifts for my voices of wrestling.com review and that review is live on the side if you want to see uh, my written thoughts on this show i realized oh the knee missed Horaguchi's head he still made contact with his body but the knee did not make contact with his head which is good because for this entire twin gate run It has been the Coach Menorah show. He's been pinning guys. He's been upsetting guys. He has been the focus. This was the Jason Lee show. This was the match he deserved to have in this reign. And Jason Lee delivered. My God, was he good in this match.
1: Yeah, it's something where, like, the structure of this match was really cool in a way. Because pretty early on, there was a jumbo nokachi onto the apron which looked like hell and and of course jason lee sold it like hell and was basically out for this was a 11 minute match out for like a good six minutes of it so it was like a two-on-one match and then jason lee came in and just kind of just ran roughshod and it was just like a really cool thing that like i've been i feel like i've been the one that's saying like this is jason lee's like probably like his crowning achievement in this company i wanted to go on as long as possible i love jason lee he's one of my favorite guys in the company and this match came became all about him and Put out a four and a quarter star match here, and I thought that it was really insane. Like, all my notes in here was basically Jason took a Jimono Kanchi J- on the apron early, like a madman. And then my final note is Jason is a madman. I love this.
2: Yeah, there's a sequence in this match where Jason Lee goes for the maximum driver, Horiguchi counters it, goes for the backslide from heaven, and then goes for that sort of cyclone backslide from heaven deal lee escapes all those uh
1: backslide times thank you yes
2: uh and then lee kicks out goes for the goes for a maximum driver again horaguchi counters goes for the beach break and then lee rolls through that into a sunset flip and it is just it's so good and and it's look it's a bummer that the twin gate titles are i would say 99.9 percent there's a 99.9% chance that they are going back to BB Hulk and Kai at Kobe World. That match is official, and I think that result, unfortunately, is almost official because I think Jason Lee and Kush Minora have been such a breath of fresh air in the Open, the Twin Gate division, which is not a slight on Hulk, Kai, or Yamato, but those titles revolved around those three for two straight years, and it's just, it was really nice having a new team in the mix, and I thought they were excellent here, and I went, this was my match of the night. I went four and a quarter on this.
1: It just was something that it just like Jason Lee has been such a special wrestler because he's been like a different kind of person who was brought in and has made Dragon Gate his own in a way. And I want this to continue because it's sad that, and maybe I'm selling the guy short, I don't think he's ever going to be like we talked about top line guys. If he gets a Dream Gate shot in his time in Dragon Gate, I'd be stunned. But this is like kind of like the the perfect thing for him and I hope it doesn't end because as you mentioned Kai and Hulk laid him out post match made the challenge for Kobe World. All the title matches have been decided for Kobe World we will be getting into the last one after this. So, just a really cool match. Uh interesting thing about this card was how short everything was other than the main event and the post match angle. Uh the, the uh this is semi main the triangle gate match was just under 13 minutes 12:57. This one was just under 12 and everything else was really... They kept it a quick quick clip here. I mean, this was... When I when I woke up this morning and pulled up the show, I was like, I haven't watched it, Case, but I see it's three hours and 30 minutes and that's something. So, it, it was remarkable like that they compressed like this almost into like doing full matches in this short time period because there was no intermission as well.
2: Yeah. It, uh, it, it's weird. Watching this show live, I felt every minute of it. It was not one of those breezy Kobe Sambo Hall shows that we've had a lot of recently. But nothing was bad on this show and there were a few things that were great much like the open the brave gate championship match
1: yeah yeah uh so open the brave gate championship the 2020 feud of the year i wrote an article about this you can catch on open the voice you almost said that we had a website but i wrote an article about this and how this is the feud of the year to this point on voices of wrestling go check it out it was the third match in their series for the open the brave gate champion Kaido Ishida defending against Keisuke Okuda for the second time. And on the second chance in the third match, Keisuke Okuda finally pulled one over on Kaido Ishida. He defeated him with the sleeper hold in 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Ishida fails in his fifth attempted defense. He does not make it to one year case. This was the thing if he got past here, he would at least clock a full calendar year at the championship. He does not defend in his hometown. Okuda becomes the 39th open the Bravegate champion. And let's hear it for, let's hear it for, like, redefining masculinity. (laughs) Let's talk about it for a second. It just was, like, one of those things that, like, the the final moments was just so powerful of uh, basically through, like, all, like, these schemings that she always is the person who's a step ahead. He's like, oh, that's fine. R.E.D., my goons will, like, distract and you'll get hit with this while i'm in the, the sleeper hold and it'll be okay no benke noticed this clocked hyo pretty bad hyo took a couple like monster bumps between this and the post match in the main event where uh shun skywalker cleared his clock again and then Ishida just went to sleep and i thought that that was excellent i watched this twice and my first viewing i was four and a quarter watching it again i was four and a half stars i love this match
2: I guess I need to watch it again. I went four stars and loved it, and I seem to be the low man on this. And it's, I, I, you know, I, I can't critique the match. I loved it. It was a G1 sprint with the passion and the storytelling of a Dragon Gate match. That is my definition of good wrestling. I thought this was great. It was just, I don't know, it was four stars. I, I liked it. I, I thought it was fantastic. And the best news is, Mike, we're going to do it again in two weeks at Kobe World.
1: That's right. I thought that this would be it for the feud. No, we have the fourth match, and that as uh Ishida challenged, and then and then Okuda said, "Oh, we, we could challenge." This will be opening match, like you did to Maria. So that's the opener for Kobe World in two weeks. Is going to be this hot fire of of Kesuke Okuda making his first defense against Kaito Ishida, and I I I'll pitch the thing on why I think this match was. Truly really special case, because I, I i get why like it's a ten-minute match, it's four stars, this was a great G one sprint. This was a match where everything was like building to it and they just exploded at each other for ten minutes. Yeah, you, you started off here and ashita was like basically MMA style going for a TKO in the corner, like a first round flash knockout, and he fought out of it, and it's just was, like an outpouring of rage. there was like no stalling whatsoever, it just was pretty much we we're gonna kick each other ahead until we we die. And it was basically what was supposed to happen in their previous matches, but it was always something that uh, Kaido Ishida was a step ahead of them. Kaido Ishida pulled him to the outside of of Gate and was able to slide in and get the uh, count out. He was able to have the R.E.D. shenanigans in the, their match at Rainbow Gate in Lapis Hall, and he managed to escape away here. There was no escaping here because through the power of friendship, the power of dude rocks, Ben Ben K was looking after his best friend, saw this happen and said, nope, not going to let this happen. He's going to win this thing fair and square. And he did it. And it just was like such like a perfect encapsulation of what the style is changing in dragon gate here, put on display for 11 minutes. And I thought that that was truly exceptional.
2: We'll do an incredibly deep Kobe world preview in two weeks, but Mike, I want to put you on the spot here. Ashita versus Sakuda Kobe world. Who's winning.
1: I think it's time for Ashita to do bigger and better things. I think Okuda wins.
2: I'm not sure yet. I'm, I, I'll, I'll leave, I'm not sure yet. I'll leave it at that.
1: That's fair. That's fair. But, boy, uh, if you're going to... It's something where, like, on this card, where, like, this is the match that I would point out to people to watch. And, like, what is Dragon Gate 2020? It's this match. Like, this is, like, a remarkable match in a way. that Like, I totally understand why you're four stars on this and you're a little bit lower than this, but... It, it sometimes a four star match means more than just like throwing star uh, uh, rating snowflakes on it. You know, moment.
2: you know, Mike, I'm not gonna get star rating shamed by you. I love this match. I, I'm not trying and, to, and, I'm not and, trying and now, to. I, you know, I, I don't have to open my third eye to understand the story here. I read the article that you wrote brother I got all the context I just felt like throwing four stars on it and I think that is a fair and acceptable rating Rich Craig was probably watching this match and his Tesla on his way to work hands free driving so of course with the luxury of that he thought this was a five star match and we're recording this this will be out before the voice of wrestling flagship is out this show is probably getting bumped for Paradigm Pro so I don't know why I'm bringing Rich into this but Rich felt like giving this match five stars and, and I'm not going to be shamed for my rating.
1: Oh, I wasn't trying to shame you. I was just putting it in context that a four stars can sometimes mean more than five. I, I, I was, I was, I was patting you on the back. I, I was giving you the out.
2: Thanks, Mike. <laughs> 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 it's always so, nice to have a friend of you. You know, us, you know, Mike Spears <laughs> and I, you know, we're two men, but, uh, know yeah, we talk, man. We're good friends. We're not, we're not afraid to, to tell yeah, each other absolutely. that we care about them. I will say Alan Forel, uh, was recently tweeting, he tweeted a video of Akuna and Ben K doing like a fist bump high five into a hug. And he, he tagged us and said, this is Case and Mike, after every open the voice gate show. I have laughed about that tweet every day since it was posted. That just that hit me in my sweet spot. And it's just I now think like, man, I would love to like dap Mike up after a voice gate episode sometime. Like if we can make this happen in person, that that tweet really, really made me laugh. And I want to thank Alan for putting that out there in the universe. Oh, gosh
1: everyone be be okay with 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 giving your friend a high five give them a hug after a match like like don't be too proud we're redefining uh my my co-host on ee and nate has said we're redefining masculinity and we're going to do this through dudes rock you know we're going to do this i love it okay (laughs) all right let's talk about the front end of the show Uh, We had Yamato versus Kai. This was a disqualification after seven minutes for R.E.D. interference, and I didn't even bother reading this match. This was an angle that was a match.
2: Yeah, it's... uh, I guess right now, as of our recording time, we don't have anything confirmed for Yamato for Kobe World, which... We don't. I'm so confused as to what he's going to do. Maybe maybe we end up with some, I, I I don't know. I have no feel for Yamato on world. Cause I don't see him being involved in the Taru match. I think that would kind of be just a, a strange place for Yamato to be. So I don't know, but this was essentially Yamato versus BB Hulk and Kai. Now the, the one thing I want a clarification on. I, so BB Hulk got injured and by Kai. By Kai. So that's what I thought. And I, I, I didn't publish that in my review because I couldn't double source it with anything, and I, I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure. And you hadn't watched the show yet, so I didn't want to bother you. So he got hurt by Kai. BB Hulk said part of the reason he turned was because Kai, you know, legitimately hurt him. Did I miss their forgiveness? I don't like the fact that they're a unit. It seems like almost a a cheap way of doing Dragon Gate storytelling in a way where. I would, I would think they would be side-eyeing each other. They'd be in the same unit, and they'd, you know, they'd get along, but they wouldn't really like each other. But they're best friends now, and I feel like we're missing an explanation as to why.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if I'm right on this, I think I'm right about this. This happened during the Arts match in 2018, where Kai gave the media impact and it broke uh, B.B. Hulk's neck. And since then, like, Kai was, like, welcomed in, and then he turned on, and he was the Christmas surprise. He was the red demon mask because he was pissed about this, and now they're suddenly all buddy-buddy here. Like, you're absolutely right about this, and now they're a Twin Gate challenge team. Like, we've gone from point A to point Z, but we don't but we don't know, like, the key point R in this. Because you're totally right about that.
2: Yeah, it's just I, I expect more from Dragon Gate. If any other promotion was doing this, Whatever, I get it. It's a pro wrestling story. Guy turns heel. Now he's friends with all the heels. But it's Gate and I, I would like a reason as to why Yamato, or I'm sorry, by Kai and BB Hulk are now buddy buddy.
1: I, I, I did like to say it at the opening where they just basically were trolling Yamato out on the ramp and trying to be like, no, we're starting this match up here. We're starting this match up here, uh, Yamato. You have to get up here to have this match. I thought that that actually had me laughing because I was like, did they not talk in the back that we're going to start this thing on the ramp? And I thought that was really funny.
2: Yeah, it was it was an entertaining brawl. It was just an extended angle.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was an entertaining brawl, extended angle. And then we get into a match that, in a weird way, foreshadowed what was going to happen later on, but in another way, didn't. This was a six-man tag match. Ultimo Dragon, Masato Yoshino, Yozushi Kanda versus the then-trio class of 2020, Kinto Kabune, Takedo Kame, and Madoka Kuda. Kabune got the submission with the 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 sas or i i I'm going to try to get this. It's a scorpion deflock. It's the sas oragame. Sas oragame. I always get on the second chance case. This isn't like with me and T Hawk's name where I can never get his, uh, Takuya tomamakamai thing. This is just, this is it his? I, I, I'm he not going to judge shooter. you
2: because a few weeks ago on the Drang at USA rewind and rewatch, I butchered some Chikara names. And I have been embarrassed about it ever since. It's been in the <laughs> back of my mind. Because I like I read all those notes and try to make sure that I've got everything under control. And then I just, I don't know, I looked at some names and I was like, shit, I've never seen those letters together before. I don't know what sound this makes. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to judge you for not being able to translate sharpshooter into Japanese.
1: Yeah, it's a sharpshooter. Uh, And so this was nine minutes and... It was an interesting match. I mean, more interesting stuff happened post-match. I think we should talk about the match before we get into that because, boy, there's a lot of layers there. But, you know, Yoshino got into it, and Ultimo, I thought he was just going to chill out in his apron. Ultimo was was willing to go around with Kabune more than I thought he would.
2: Yeah, that's the story here. And granted, when I was watching this live, I did not know that it was going to lead to Kabune, uh, you know, becoming a champion an hour and a half after this happened. But I wrote, you know, Yamato—I'm sorry, not Yamato— Ultimo squaring off with Kento Kabune and them having a stare down in a moment in the middle of this match, that was not an accident. I mean, that's, you know, that's why Ultimo's there, ultimately, is the is to, to put these guys over in some way, shape, or form. Wasn't surprised at the result, wasn't surprised at any of the in-ring action. Three and a quarter in a really, really fun match.
1: Yeah, really fun match. Uh, um, we did get to have Kakuta doing the, the hand of God to uh, to Kanda, which it's still loans. Like after seeing the, uh, one, want the match with him, Binke where he cratered Binke's chest. It's now my favorite move in wrestling. I loved his discus layer. It's, it's all linky boy stuff. And it was just like a really like kind of fun match. It was something like I, when I, when I was watching this on Twitter, I was like, Oh, is this going to be something that's going to lead to them getting into the triangle gate? And of course that changed just three matches later, but just was like a really cool thing, and it'll be interesting to see what Kame and Kakuta do as a tag team from here.
2: I like that big little chemistry a lot. I hope they run with that as a team, although I think, I guess a lot of it depends on when Fujikawa returns, and I don't know of a timetable for that yet.
1: I haven't heard one either.
2: Yeah, I, I guess there's nowhere for them to go, so they probably will have to continue teaming. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then Yoshino took the microphone and said, Hey, uh, we have a video here. It's from Taru. And boy, what a video it was, Case.
2: Yeah, I don't have the translation pulled up, do you?
1: I mean, I'll pull up, like, the, the spicy quote there. I think that that's the thing that's really worth getting into, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you with your production background, you can probably describe this video better than I can, but the, the quote there is uh, very important.
1: So th- this video was very reminiscent of when both uh, Kirchizawa and Shingo Takagi gave their 20th anniversary. Like, hey guys, remember me? I'm WWE's Kirchizawa, or hey, I'm Shingo Takagi of of Los Increibles de Japón. And like, how they like they're like sitting there talking about this, but it's like it definitely he had like a hue light on in the background. He was like late he was like in a chaise lounger, just like playing with his beard and his hair, and just was like. Just Taru being Taru, but the big meat of this thing and Taru's big message here was, and I quote this from Jay's Twitter account, I said I'd never wrestle there even if they begged, but now that the festering pus is gone and it's dragging inviting me, I'll do it.
2: Yeah, that is a lot. That is, I I would say... And Mike, you you would know better than me. That seems like it's more directed at President Okamura than it is Shima, but they are both caught in the crosshairs there.
1: Yeah, that's that that's uh, definitely towards uh, Shima and Okamura, uh, because even when like when people were being brought back around, like after the the change, the big thought wasn't that he that Taru was like the one person that wasn't going to do that, but it's. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of, of stuff that I'm willing to talk about here for a second here about Shimon Uh Don't ever expect some sort of reconciliation. I think that's a fair thing to say, and if, it's, if reconciliation happens, it's going to require a lot of time and a lot of people being the bigger person here and some people understanding how their past conduct would have harmed people in, in different ways. And I think that's a fair thing to say, and Taru, of all people, is a person pointing that out which is the wild thing.
2: Yeah. If it ever happens, it's, a, if not a generation, generations removed from right now, personally, I wish Tara would have stayed on the sidelines, did not really feel the need for him in this current product or ever, but, uh, you we know. We had him
1: once. We had Tara once and he was fine.
2: And I felt like that was good.
1: I felt like that's all we needed. <laughs> that was enough.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, look, I, I have really enjoyed and, and I, you know, I wasn't someone following Toryumon in real time. I, you know, I, I like to talk about how I was born two weeks after the first Toriumon show. I think that's part of the reason I feel Fuck, such a strong man. With Why this do company. You? Is they're uh. they're as old as I am. It's really nice. So I'm not gonna sit here and lament <laughs> about how all of these Toryumon reunions have meant the world to me. But as a fan who has watched more Dragon System than ninety eight percent of the people out there, it's really nice. I just, you know, I'm less excited about the Taru return than pretty much anything else.
1: It's something where, you know, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot in here. And it's something where from all things, everyone's happy. Taru's a shady person. You can look up stuff. Just look at Taru's, uh, uh, Wikipedia for stuff that's happened afterwards. If you're a new coming fan, not necessarily a good guy, but, uh, Sometimes the worst person makes the right point.
2: Unfortunately. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, there's there's the Taru situation, which is a whole lot. We'll unpack that in a few weeks. But Mike, there was also the bodyguard situation, or as his graphic <laughs> said, the body girl. Uh let's talk, the let's body- talk about this eight man. <laughs>
1: The body girl, my new best friend, the body oh, girl. he's fun uh, to have
2: around it, in small doses on the undercard, not challenging for a title, and not a regularly occurring character. When he comes around once a year, it's, it's like Santa. It's a lot of fun.
1: I mean, he kind of looks like Santa in a way.
2: Man, I thought you know, he's a looked, dude. he looked old on this show. Mm-hmm. I like. You would think Dragon Gate, the pretty boy wrestling company, would be able to... like spruce him up a little bit but i don't know how he comes across looking better on like these dingy all japan shows because man i thought he looked old he looked i mean he wrestled fine but he just looked physically old
1: uh my favorite kind of like snide comment i made is well ultimo had to take bumps because he knew because he just saw the bodyguard took none
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was Bodyguard, uh, Bodyguard, Gamma, Don Fuchi, Misaki Mochizuki versus the Toribon team of Dragon Kid, Rio Saito, Sugi Kondo, and Kagatora. Kagatora got the flash pin of the Kaganui on Misaki Mochizuki in 9 minutes 58 seconds. And I think Bodyguard would be a great friend. You know, he just seems like he's such a nice guy. I'm happy to have him around once a year, and that's it.
2: Seeing Fuji, Gamma, Mochizuki, and the body girl pose on the ramp together, I was like, holy shit, those are those are dads that are about ready to hit the pub after lockdown is over. I mean, there was just a real healthy 40-plus demographic aura to that group. It was nice to see.
1: I I, I mean, the... That they, they, they go across different demographics, you know. I mean, sometimes you're gonna. It's sometimes you want to go for the older ladies, and that's a group of guys that can. It, it really felt like the 2007 film Wild Hogs to me. <laughs> you,
2: you know, I, I I can't relate to that, but I can say you can really see like the generational warfare. It's such in depth storytelling, and Mike, this is where Drangiet likes to open its third eye, like Matt Seidel. It, you know, Ben K and Kaisuke Akuda. They're younger guys. They're not alarmed by the term toxic masculinity. So they hug their friends. They hang out. They're not afraid to tell their bros how they feel. I know Don Fuji and Masaki Mochizuki have spent hours upon hours together. I guarantee those men know nothing about one another. They know what moves they do. They know what food they like. They know what beer they drink. And that is it.
1: So uh, one of my favorite things that was on Twitter a couple weeks ago was uh, uh, Misaki Mochizuki during the N1 saying, I got a phone call late at night from Fuji san and he was drunk and he wanted to drink with me. And I was like, that might have been like the first phone call those two guys have had in a long time. They, they just have like a quiet acceptance and understanding. <laughs> and that's
2: their only phone call. Mochizuki is not getting a call from Fuji talking about, you know, family or the weekend with politics it is fuji i've been drinking mochizuki i want you to come drink with me and that is it and that's a fine relationship if that's your thing
0: it's so good
2: (laughs) i like that the the, mochizuki during the n1 was really interesting this is a dude that is 50 years old one of the 10 best wrestlers of all time and this dude is wrestling in the n1 and then waking up the next morning and tweeting out like takes from his own matches. He's watching the game film twelve hours after his match. Like this dude is a machine. He's second to none. He's unbelievable. And,
1: and you know he's watching his game film as he's working out, and he posts a photo and he says like It was tough to get out there, but I had to get out <laughs> yes. there. And then he <laughs> and then he ends it with just writing out bitter smile. It, it is he's so cool like he's so cool like, <laughs> i had
2: a I had a friend in high school I'm not gonna say a friend because he he turned out to not be a very good person but i I knew a and yeah, i knew an acquaintance. A kid in high school who was one of my earliest friends like we met in kindergarten and communicated I will say through high school and there was a while where he was tweeting out like a hashtag morning motivation thing And I was like, this is the lamest thing I've ever seen. Like, this sucks. Like, I hate you for doing this. When Masaki Mochizuki tweets out morning motivation and I have to Google translate it, it fires me up. It is how I want to start my day.
1: And it's always, like, the it, it, it's always, like, a, a, I remember, like, the first selfie he had, and it was, like, a very bad, like, camera pointing upwards at him as he's, like, working out. I'm, like, that is, that owns Misaki Mochizuki, I'd be so intimidated if I were to sit down and have a conversation with him. But I hope that he would know that. It was something that when we were talking with Alan Forel about the... Uh, uh, Dragon Gate Miami show in 2012, how we were like the two people. that are like, "Yes, M- Masaki Mochizuki," and and Alan got a, a turn and a nod from Masaki Mochizuki, and that means enough, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> Silent approval. The, 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 that's how generations work.
2: It's uh, it's like Jay Z once said, "I'm like a dog, I never speak, but I understand." And Mochizuki, I think it's a similar thing. I can't believe we've been doing this show for how many years, and I think that's the first Jay Z lyric I've busted out.
1: Ah, man. I mean I I was watching like UGK this morning so <laughs> which has their own history with Jay-Z. Oh brother
2: don't I know it.
1: <laughs> uh rest in peace oh, Pepsi. Oh too
2: soon.
1: Yeah and, and then the uh, technical show opener was the former uh tri- Triangle Gate uh champion team of Benkei, Dragon Diet and Strong Machine J making his return from injury versus BB Hulkio and Diet Inferno. Diet got the flash pen. I thought it was a Casadora bomb, not the Rotillion Rana. But I know you said it Rotillion Rana. Could, it could the have very are... easily
2: been another move. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he got the pin on Hio in 9 minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, Strong Machine J looked really good. And Inferno and Hulk had some pretty fun chemistry there. And, you know, I mean, it's the same standard. Like, I, I'm not going to go with my Inferno diatribe here. I've done it enough here. But, you know, it was it was solid.
2: Thought Inferno looked good. Thought Daya looked good. Strong Machine J looked healthy, which was nice to see. The only note I really have here is the Snapmare driver that Hyo busted out. Because that, it's a shame. It's almost a shame, for as much as we like our Leopard Son, it's a shame that he's the one that used that move. Because that thing looks so good, and it means nothing when he does it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that should be his finish, not the saber. Not like the... The version of a swine. He should be using that because he, like, he goes up in the air, he hooks him up there, he he jumps up backwards, like he's gaining momentum, and then just spiked Ben K. Who, Ben K, thank you for getting new gear. I was worried about you for a little bit. You were, <laughs> after you did that weight cut and you stretched out your old tights, I was getting kind of like, come on, Ben, man, get some new gear. You, you're looking nice and cut here. You were swole, now you're cut. You, you got to adapt to that.
2: Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun opener. Three stars right where uh, the typical Dragon Gate opener is
1: yep and then before that we had the contract signing and all of that and then actually I have a question for you here uh when I watched this later they joined match zero in progress was this the case also live that was indeed all right so match zero we saw in progress it was only a three minute match so it's not like we really missed much of anything but it's been nice to see some of the people in there it was the veteran plus loon team of Kness, Konamao, Ichikawa, Sachioko Boy, and Hoho versus Yosuke San Maria, Problem Dragon, UT, and Jimmy. And it was Maria getting the pen of the Niro on Boy in 3 minutes and 36 seconds. It was joint in progress. You just kind of saw the, scent, the, the finish. That was it.
2: Let's talk about this Cork and Hall show, Mike, unless you've got any more big picture thoughts on Gate of Destiny.
1: Uh, I have one Go ahead. that yes. I've been trying to investigate, and I think this is something that in the times of covid it's kind of hard to kind of evaluate these things but i think it's something that's worth repeating attendance to the show is 1885 in case i've done a little bit of research i'm still trying to kind of figure out one thing but that might be outside of new japan the biggest wrestling show in the world in this era
2: yeah i mean i it's wild it would come down to i guess Whatever DDT has done, which I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, that's a good. They point. were an
1: ODA. Okay, yeah, they were an ODA today, which DG had about 990, but it was with the cage, so it couldn't have been much larger. And the restriction hasn't been lifted, so Dragon Gate number two in the world right now. Just want to put it out there.
2: I think that is a a fair and balanced and accurate take, Mike Spears.
1: I just I'm just dealing with straight facts. I haven't seen uh, AEW a show above a 1,000. I know no one else in America has, and Mexico, they aren't having shows with fans. NCMLL and AAA, I guess you can count by cars. So, congrats to Dragon Gate. We've been saying this for a long time, but you truly are number two.
2: You know, the thing I like about Mike Spears, he doesn't care about your feelings. He deals in facts and facts only, and he's not afraid to come on the Open the Voice Gate podcast and talk about how uh, facts matter, not feelings, and I really appreciate that about you, Mike.
1: Talking about facts and not feelings, what's a fact is we have a Cork and Hall show it will be, as we're recording this, we're recording this on, 9, on the 3rd. This will be out right as, or the show might happen right as. I, I I might try to push to get this thing out tomorrow so they have the preview going into this.
2: I, I was going to say, I would recommend that. I, I know there's gestures at the entire world, a lot going on right now, <laughs> but it might not be a bad idea to get the show out on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, this is going to be happening on Thursday. It is an 8.30 Japanese start time. finish uh, Start time as america did the dumb thing of going to daylight savings time tokyo right now is 14 hours ahead of us that'll be a 4:30 eastern start time Ugh, that 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 stinks that really stinks uh but getting to the show itself this is one of two shows that are between gate of destiny and uh, uh kobe world uh just off the top before we run down the show what do you hope this show can really accomplish when we already have a lot of kobe world fleshed out
2: I think we really need a direction for Yamato, and that's the that's the big question mark coming into this, and I, I would hope by the time we get out of this that we have uh, a clear idea of hopefully he's in some sort of featured match. It would be weird for Yamato to just be on the undercard for a Kobe world, and I hope we get some good wrestling because I really like this show on paper.
1: Yeah, Yamato's, like, 1A. One, one gotta flesh out uh, Yoshino, Doi, and Dragon, and Taru and how that's figuring out like those are the two things i want to kind of see out of this
2: yes that is true so i guess yeah i mean I, yeah i don't i don't have a good read there so i guess well I, yeah. i'm not going to make a prediction we're just going to talk about this card and we'll predict that but i don't have a, a read on yoshino and doya at world at all
1: all right uh let's do this match by match usually I, I speed through these but there's enough here that i feel like it's kind of worth getting into Starting off with the opener, it is the big little team of Takeda Kame and Madoka Kakuda versus the RED team of BB Hulk and Takashi Yoshida. Interesting match. Now injecting the kids into RED. Yeah,
2: um, I think we're going to learn a lot about the rookies here in terms of, you know, what they are capable of. Because for as good as they've been, they've been in the ring with you know Yoshino and Doi and Yamato and Kaze and all these top of the line guys. Here, they are going to have to bring their working shoes on to get a good match out of Hulk and Takashi Yoshida. I think they're capable of doing that. I think, you know, I, I, I'm i sure this will involve Kabune in some capacity. I I don't really know how, but it, this is going to be a big test for the working boots and the work rate of Kamei and Kakuta.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be real interesting, especially starting off a of Korkin with that, and then we get into match two, we have, it's an unaffiliated match, because we have Misaki, Mochizuki, and Gamma teaming with Problem Dragon, against an interesting team that, at least Mochizuki has a lot of history with, Susumi Yokosuka, Genki Horiguchi, and Zushikanda Kanda of Torimon. You, you know, these are guys that I think are kind of, like, left out, that they're going to probably be on the undercard in some fashion, or pulled into whatever the Taru Ultimo thing is, but you know, it's it, I I'm not gonna complain to seeing Masaki Mochizuki and Tsumi Yokosuka face off.
2: Yeah, this should be fun. Obviously, Problem Dragons taking the pin here, but I like that that M2K team squaring off with Mochizuki. That should be a lot of fun.
1: Yep, and then match three, we're starting to get into stuff that is directly building into Kobe World. We have the Open the Twin Gate Champion Jason Lee teaming up with the new Open the Brave Gate Champion Keisuke Okuda going up against. The former Open, the uh, Brave Gate champion, Kaido Ishida, and Okuda's opponent at Kobe World. And Kazuma Sakamoto, if I was going to circle anything on the showcase and say, this might be like the work rate match, I'm looking at this one right here.
2: Oh, this should be tremendous. And I'm intrigued by the finish of this match because, you know, Okuda holds a belt, Lee holds a belt, Ishida is protected, and Kazuma Sakamoto is one-third of the Triangle Gate champion. So there's, it's... I understand why this is the third match on the show, but realistically, I mean, this is, uh, these are all title holders and guys in title contention. So it's a really big match number three. And if there is any match that I can point to and go, yeah, that's probably going to be four stars. I think it's going to be this one.
1: And it's being match three. There will be some shenanigans here, but I don't think this will be a match to have a non-finish.
2: I would hope not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that, that, the, uh, that the non-finishes would happen later. Match 4, this, has, this is an unaffiliated match. Ultimo Dragon, Masato Yoshino, Don Fuji, and my main man, Kenichiro Arai. He is appearing at Korokan in match 4 here against the Buku Dojo team of Naruki Doi Ryo Saito, the former Ryotsu Shimizu, and Punch Tomonaga. Shimizu lost the character when Team Boku lost the match at Gate of Destiny. He will announce his new ring name at this time.
2: If I were Kanisha Rai, I would be preparing my body to take a shot put slam in this match.
1: I mean, I I hope he's not it's either that or he's gonna try to like do a firebird splash. We saw it happen last time we did that.
2: Yeah, that's uh we don't we don't need a tearing his shoulder out of his body once again. That was a real bummer uh for what was otherwise a beautiful moment. It was just marred by uh Arakin getting hurt. I have no read on the former Ryosu Shimizu and what he's going to do. I think Mike is correct. I think Team Boku is sticking around. I just, I, it's, it, it's impossible to predict an incoming Dragon Gate character, but I do like, you know, I, I like that Toriumon team a lot, and assuming we get more Doi and Shimizu and less Saito-Tamanaga, this could be a very fun match.
1: What's going to be an interesting match is, is the semi-main event. This is a preview of Kobe World. This is the two challenger teams for the Triangle Gate belts. they in the three-way Dragon Gate match. It is the Torimon team of Dragon Kid, shuji Kondo, and Kagatora versus the Dragon Gate team of Benkei, Yosuke san Maria, and Ut.
2: I think this is a cool match. I'm glad they're doing this. I think these teams line up really well with one another. You're going to get Kondo, Benkei. You're going to get, you know, Ut, Dragon Kid, and Ut Kagatora. And Santa Maria, when she works hard, has shown to have really good chemistry with Kondo as well. So there's just a lot of pairings in this match I like. It's match five on a six-match show. It means it's going to get some time. I think if I was putting this card together, I might have this and the Akuta Lee-Ashita Sakamoto match flip, but it doesn't matter in the long run. I, this This could be a really good match. I mean, we're looking at a show where everything... Matters with the exception of match two. I mean, everything on this show matters, and this has a chance to be a really great Dragon Gate six man tag. That it, you know, if if this match delivers from a work rate standpoint, it will fall under the, you know, if this match happened in any other promotion, it would be the talk of the town. But for Dragon Gate, it's just the working standard.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the one thing I don't want to 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 damn this match. Kind of have like interference blinders put on there, given that the main event. I hope it doesn't happen, but I kind of expect it.
2: Really, you think?
1: Yeah, because you have Kabune, and uh, you have Kabune in the main event. And R.E.D.
2: Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, no, that is, that is entirely fair.
1: And then the main event is an 8-man tag, Dragon Gate versus R.E.D. Yamato, KZ, Kota Minora, and Dragon Daya versus Ada, Kai, Kento Kabune, and Dia Inferno. As we said earlier, Shun Skywalker is back, he is not on this card.
2: What do you think about that?
1: I think they're holding him off. He's going to either show up in Kyoto, which I doubt, or he's just going to have his first match and win the the Dream title at Kobe World.
2: I think the latter is the more accurate one. There, if he's not wrestling on Quark and he's not wrestling Kyoto, unless they or unless I, I I just I can't even fathom a reason for that. So I was bummed when this card came out because I really wanted Skywalker to be wrestling on the show. I've made peace with it. I think him showing up at world and wrestling his first match back is also a cool idea. So I'm not going to bicker too much there. I'm going to stick with my theory. I think Kabune's pitting KZ in this match.
1: I, you know, that's, I'm like looking a lot here with this. It's an interesting thing because you have Yamato versus Kai Yamato, as we've mentioned earlier, and it's kind of like the big question mark in the show. Then you have Minora and Kai, and that's your twin gate match. Inferno and Daya. We all know that. Uh, ada like ada's not i mean it's interesting i i can't pick a finish out here so my inclination here is that dia gets his mask ripped and gets rolled up by inferno
2: Mm, yeah that is that is a safe bet i think that is probably the more accurate scenario but just in case i'm right i'm sticking with kabune over kz
1: i mean i would stick with it i mean there's nothing else there that that i would say (laughs) that that's a bet i would take there uh and then, as we said, then on Sunday, or actually on Saturday, they'll be in Kyoto KBS Hall. I'm doing one last refresh to see if they have a card for us.
2: It's not there, Mike. It's not there.
1: It's not there. And that's kind of a shame, but that's the world we live in. Uh, we will be back next week with both. Uh, I mean, because we have a, because we, in the same week of a Corken review, we, we will have to talk about our preview for Kobe Sambo for, for Kobe World because Kobe World is next Sunday. That's insane.
2: There's too much stuff happening, Mike. Just (laughs) in general. Uh, There's not not a specific comment. Just in general, there's too much stuff happening. I I miss March when everything was just like, hey, we're just going to take a break. Everything's just going to stop for a second. I miss that, quite honestly. Well,
1: well, Case, uh, after Kobe Sambo... after I always call it Kobe Sambo. Kobe, Kennen Hall. There's nothing that is going to be televised until... Gate of Origin and Sendai. That's two weeks.
2: Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun stuff. I've got some ideas for this show. We might, we might only do one weekly update instead of two, but uh, we'll make it worth your while.
1: Yeah, We'll, we'll figure this out. We'll, we're, we're flying by the sea of pants here as it does kind of feel like that. Unlike Dragon Gate, we, we're kind of going with it. They did release a schedule for January that I wanted to touch on real quick. Guess what they have on consecutive night's case in January?
2: is is it back to back and halls?
1: Back to back and halls on a Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh boy. That doesn't happen. Yeah. That's wild.
2: Yeah, I uh did, that was a guess. I did not know that's what they were doing. That uh I'm very intrigued by that. I don't I don't I don't know what that means, but that means something.
1: My guess is they'll do another reunion show.
2: Oh, there oh, there you go
1: i mean i'm not trying to play fun police though, no no no, no that's just... no, you
2: played the logic police
1: yeah uh and so we have that for january and then i mean that's pretty much it we will be back with y'all next week talking about cork and probably kyoto getting over like as much as we can and then doing our kobe world preview because as we said leading up to this this is the biggest and most busiest month in dragon gates history and you know what a what a start to it we had with Gate Destiny and the Return of Shin Skywalker. Any big last thoughts before we get out of here?
2: No, I got nothing.
1: All right, so that's going to do it for this time. I opened the voice gate. You can follow Case on Twitter at underscore in your case. You can follow me on Twitter at Fujihaya. Throw the, throw the podcast account a follow. I will probably be staying up all night. We'll probably be doing both, be doing live tweeting of Kobe World in a couple of weeks, so you'll want to. Keep an eye out for that. Oh, there. oh you know what? You know what? I'm... Real,
2: real quick, because you mentioned the open the voice get account. I tweeted something from that account yesterday. It got no interactions. It did hurt my feelings, but I did want to quickly review uh, the Coke energy drink that I bought. Mo-
1: oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I saw that. Yes, I saw I, that. It was right before I. You tweeted that right after I was saying I'm going offline. But I wanted to ask you about it. How is well? What flavor was this Coke energy drink thing?
2: Yeah, a lot of people saw it. Nobody liked it. I noticed. Um, it was so. They didn't have, at the Walgreens across the street from me, they did not have my usual go-to energy drink, which is a white can, Rockstar Energy, because I am white trash. Um, But I saw this Coca-Cola energy drink, and I was like, well, hot damn. If I could get the crisp, refreshing taste of Coke with the adrenaline rush of an energy drink, that sounds like something I would really like. It, instead... Now, I will say it was effective. It, It was just... Like there, the Coke was gone. It was just drinking like the raw element of an energy drink. It was, it was a little gnarly, but I might go back to it. I kind of liked the kick that it gave me.
1: It, it, it you know, like what was the caffeine content on this thing? Let, let, I'm gonna pull up this Coke energy thing because I stay away from energy drinks. Once after I drink three tall Monster Energy drinks, I'm on my own version of white trash here, so I'm not gonna. Leave you on a on a linge there. So Alright, Coke Energy. Was it just normal? What did you get the cherry or the zero sugar or did you just go straight up uh, unfiltered? I, I
2: went straight up. I went, went straight up.
1: Alright. Uh was it the twelve ounce can? Or is that the only thing they offer in this? Oh time?
2: let me let me run across my room real quick and grab it. Give me one second, okay. Mike.
1: No oh no need, no need. I just pulled it up. Case is gone I have to go look for his can when I just pulled up the case.
2: Uh, I got it. No, it's okay. I got it. Go ahead.
1: All right. The caffeine content is 114 milligrams. I'm willing to guess that your, that your, your rockstar energy drink, which is a company I do not endorse. Are they bad people? I do not know anything about them.
2: I mean, they're, they're in the energy drink business. Are you kidding me? I think it's super unethical. I like every once in a while at my campus, these people in these like Red Bull cars will show up and hand out Red Bulls to college oh, yeah. students. I think that's super irresponsible. I can't believe they're allowed to do that. And maybe I just sound like a naive Midwestern Catholic boy, but it's like you're handing out something that's objectively bad for people. I just, I can't believe they're allowed to do such a thing.
1: I can't even, this rocks star energy drink thing. I'm trying to find out like their, their nutritional facts on this thing and they are just telling me that it's sugar-free, and that's (laughs) it. It's just an X on the (laughs)
2: label. They're just like, you don't even want to know.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, you get the one with the X? Okay, because there is one that's like their workout one that it has an X on the label. No, I I, I don't.
2: I did not know that existed. I will – I I get – mine is a white can with a red Rockstar logo. I think it's sugar-free. That's just – that's the one I like, and I don't –
1: Oh, the punch flavor.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's – it's always brought me immense comfort at two thirty in the morning when I'm waking up to watch a Draggate <laughs> show, which I was recently texting my ex, uh, and she will be on my art school albums music podcast in a few weeks. She is the guest for the one year anniversary show, and out of the blue, she kind of goes, you know, have you uh, I don't know, stayed up till three in the morning with a mountain doing some Twizzlers recently, and uh, you know, watch Japanese wrestling, and this was. A day after the October Cork and Hall show, so I'm sitting next to the empty bag of Twizzlers and the empty Mountain Dew bottle that I drank. That that would hurt, Mike. That would. I I kind of forgot how well she knew me.
1: Oh, that that you were seen at that moment, man. It all was.
2: I was exposed. I'll admit it. I was exposed.
1: All right. So I could see on the edge of the can for this punched one, which is not the most powerful one I've just discovered. Which. I mean that's a, that's practically fucking rocky fuel if you ask me. I didn't I didn't curse at all this episode and I just dropped that right there. Uh, 240 milligrams of caffeine. So you're drinking half of that. So you're probably making a smart choice with the Coke one, even though it does have 77% of your added sugar content for the day.
2: Yeah, I am. In, I'm currently enrolled in a nutrition class where I I track what I eat. I got to say it's not fun. I don't like doing that <laughs> and uh. Maybe I I didn't entirely accurately track my 3:30 a.m. meal that I had in the midst of the Dragon Daya six-man tag match this morning. Uh, just not needed. I'll pass the class without it.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, by the way, they have something that's the rocket fuel can I was talking about a second ago. It is called Rockstar Thermo Performance Blast Thermogenic Neon Blast.
2: Mike, we get everything that's coming to us. When that drink exists, I just... I gotta throw my hands up at humanity.
1: But I'll say this. This is probably a drink that Shin Skywalker has had a <laughs> bunch of, because
2: it,
1: it is Vaporwave, and it is a pre-workout drink, just from looking at this, I can tell you. Because it, cause it loads off by saying it has it has one full gram of BCAA aminos.
2: That seems bad. That seems dangerous.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that... That that is wild. Uh, they have this juice stuff. I, I I feel like a parent saying like they have this juice. It's only 20 grams of uh, it's only 20 calories calories per gram or can you can get that both in mango and in. Pineapple, orange, guava.
2: Well, I don't do mango anything. I think mango is is a is a poor fruit, and I'm a man that enjoys uh, a, quite an array of fruits. <sighs> you know, the the Mountain Dew Kickstart gimmick that that's been out for a few years now, and I haven't brought myself to try it, which is uh, it's weird because I I like Mountain Dew. It's currently. Central Time as we're recording this. I'm about to hang up, go eat dinner at 11.10 and drink a Mountain Dew and stay up and watch CNN until the wee hours of the morning. But uh, I have not done the Kickstart gimmick yet, but saying there's some sort of juice energy drink out there, that kind of reminded me of that.
1: First off, I would like to disavow the statements of 1K Slow about the honorable and amazing mango. Mango is the best for it. And if it's a, if something's going to be mango flavored, I'm going to have a good time. I don't, apparently case won't, but I will.
2: I think fun is overrated. I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> All right, dude. L- 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 let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, any last, any, any other last things before we get out of here, uh, even though like I've already done our, our side off. No,
2: I, if I keep talking, it's going to turn into a therapy session real quick. So let's hang up, Mike.
1: All right. We will catch you next week on open the voice gate. Uh, take care, everyone.